Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We're going to look at verse 1. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week and enjoyed the holiday and the time that you had. Um, last Sunday, my mom shared a message, a wonderful message about God being our good shepherd. And so I encourage you that if you missed that message to go onto YouTube or Faith Plus app and listen to the message. I'm going to pick off um, some places where she left off today. And so it was a good message to give you understanding what does it mean for God being our shepherd. One of the things I've shared a couple weeks ago, and we'll build on that theme today, is that one of the ministries of the shepherd is restoration. So we're continuing with our series, Restoration. It's not too late. God wants to bring restoration to your life because he is your good shepherd. So this is Psalm 23, verse 1, and I encourage you, if you haven't downloaded the Faith Plus app, make sure you do so today. You can find it in your app stores as well. Let's find out more information by going to faith.plus. So Psalm 23 is a very familiar psalm to so many people, but one of the things we need to make sure that when the word becomes familiar to us, we don't let it lose its power. Sometimes we let things that become familiar seem not as strong or powerful, but I want you to let this verse hit you all over again, that the Lord is your shepherd. And we have some more understanding of it because of last week's message and some work we did on it two weeks ago. But look at it again in Psalm 23, verse 1. Hear it with fresh ears. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, one of the things when I was listening to my mom's message, I listened to it again this week, and I, one of the things that stood out to me is that the good shepherd, the owner, he's the one who owns the sheep, has a vested interest in the sheep's well-being and the sheep's prosperity and the sheep's welfare. And so when I think about it this way, God has a vested interest in my well-being. He has a vested interest in my prosperity. He has a vested interest in my welfare. Why? He's my shepherd. And look what it says here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This phrase, shall not want, means lack, be without, decrease, be lacking, or have a need. This word for want means lack, to be without, to decrease, to be lacking, or to have a need. So notice what David is declaring. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack, be without, decrease, be lacking, or have a need. It's directly connected to the ministry of the shepherd. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you shouldn't lack, you shouldn't be without, you shouldn't decrease, you shouldn't be lacking, you shouldn't have a need. Which lets me know the shepherd desires to lead you to a place of no lack a place where you will not have a need, a place where you will not decrease. And to some of us, because of religious backgrounds and what we run into in life, we say, that sounds far out, that sounds far-fetched, that sounds like that couldn't happen. Why would God even want, me, want, me, want that for me? Remember, God is good. 
His mercy endures forever, and he loves you. And this is what he wants to do as your shepherd. You see, there's another name for God in the Bible. It's Jehovah Jireh, which means the God who sees and provides. It's also defined as the Lord who will see to it. Jehovah Jireh means the God who sees and provides. He saw your situation, and he's made provision ready for you. The name also means the Lord who sees to it. Now it says, looks at it, oh, I saw it, but sees it to come to pass. Just like in Genesis 1, when God spoke and he saw it and it was good. He has spoken concerning your provision and he's going to see it to fruition. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, say it again. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, Marietta, let me hear you say it louder. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're watching online, go ahead and type in, the Lord is my shepherd. Now say this with me. Say, I shall. Come on, say it stronger. Say, I shall not lack. I shall not be without. I shall not decrease. I shall not be lacking. I shall not have a need. That's what that phrase means. You shall not lack. You shall not be without. You shall not decrease. You shall not be lacking. You shall not have a need. That is what God wants to do in your life. Because he's your shepherd, he is leading you to that place. And one of the things we heard about shepherds last week, the nature of sheep, sheep have a nature to wander off. Which means that if I want to get to this place, I have to follow my shepherd and not wander off. Come on, say, I need to follow and not wander. Come on, say it again. Say, I need to follow and not wander. You know, it's very easy to wander. You know, we can even think about how in October we were so fired up. We had our 31 days of prayer and fasting and we we're focused. You know how easy it was to wander off those habits once November hit or what some other distraction came? It's easy to wander. It's easy for our thoughts to wander while we're in prayer. Man, it's easy for our thoughts to wander while we're at church. It's easy to wander. But we have to make a decision that we're going to follow our shepherd every single step of the way. Go with me to Psalm 34. I want to show you more about the nature of God. I want to prove to some of you who just don't even think it's possible that God will want this to happen, that God doesn't want you to have any type of lack in your life whatsoever. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, which means reverence him, ye his saints. For there is no want, there is no lack to them that reverence him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So we see something here about following our shepherd, some things we need to do. Trust in him. Reverence him. Seek him. Those that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good thing. Those that reverence him shall not lack at all. So we see in the Psalms once again the desire of God for us to have no lack and not to lack any good thing. Go with me to another psalm, Psalm 84. 84 verse 11. 
Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. Notice what it says here. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God is not withholding good things from you. You walk uprightly. He wants you to have the best of the best. Now go with me to Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10, 22, I want to show you that God doesn't want you to lack at all. Some people have told you that God wants you to lack. God does not want you to lack whatsoever. So go with me to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Let's look what it says here in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, God's empowerment to prosper, makes rich. That's what the blessing means, an empowerment to prosper. And he adds no sorrow with it. You know, you read in Deuteronomy 28 and see in other places that God will bless the work of your hands. So it still implies that you have to work, whatever that work is. But God will bless the work that you do. And what is the result? You'll become rich. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And it adds no sorrow with that word sorrow means painful toil, which means there are other ways in life to become rich, but those ways will add painful toil and sorrow to you in your soul. But the way of God, the blessed way, will make you rich without that painful toil. You'll still have to work. You'll still have to work hard, but it won't be a painful toil. And so when we hear the word rich, some people think it's a dirty word because they hear, you know, Christians shouldn't be rich or prosper, and that's not true according to the Bible. You can't prove that using the word of God. And verses people try to use are taken out of context. And so when we look at it, before we jump further, we need to define what does it mean to be rich? What does it mean to be rich? Because some of us, when we hear the word rich, depending on the generation we come from, we may think about those really opulent houses on MTV Cribs. We may think about some of the houses and the things we saw on some of the rap videos. You may think about the Watch the Throne album and the Maybach and the different stuff that Jay-Z and Kanye drove around in if you saw those videos. Or you might think of back when the show was popular, Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. And we think, well, that's what it means to be rich. Well, that's included and those things. But that's not the exact definition. And one of the things we have to make sure is that we let the word define itself and we define words based on what they mean, not just what the culture says it means today. So when I looked up the word rich, one of the older definitions I saw in the Webster's 1828 dictionary said it this way. Rich means to be wealthy, opulent, 
possessing a large portion of land, goods, or money, or a larger portion than is common to other men or to men of like rank. And it gives this example. Our farmer may be rich with property, but that rich would not make a nobleman rich. An annual income of 500 sterling pounds would make a rich vicar, but not a rich bishop. So it's talking about men of different rank. So the word rich means wealthy, opulent, possessing a large portion of land, goods or money, or a larger portion than is common to other men or to men of like rank. It means having wealth or great possessions. It means to be abundantly supplied with resources, means, or funds. So the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. It brings opulence. It brings a large portion of land, goods, or money, or a larger portion that is common to other men or men of like rank. The blessing of the Lord brings great possessions. The blessing of the Lord causes you to be abundantly supplied with resources, means, and funds. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth or it makes you wealthy without having painful toil for it. That is what the blessing does. When we talk about I'm blessed, that's not just a cute little churchy word. That's saying I'm empowered to prosper. I'm empowered to become rich. I'm empowered to have an abundant supply. That's a simple definition for rich. Having an abundant supply. What is abundant supply? A supply that is more than enough. And so everybody has different needs and different things they need or have to have to fulfill the call of God in their life. What I may have to have may be different than what you have to have. What you have to have may be different from the person down the street from you or down the road from you. But whatever the need is, God doesn't want us to have the need. He wants to abundantly supply the need where there's more than enough left over. Why? He's our shepherd. Go with me to Psalm 78, verse 52. Say, God's my shepherd. I shall not lack. Say it again. Say, God's my shepherd. I shall not lack. Psalm 78, verse 52. We looked at the scripture a few weeks ago. It says, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. So we know this is talking about when God was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness. It compares it to him leading them like a shepherd. So when we look back at how God was leading the children of Israel from Egypt through the wilderness to the promised land, it is the ministry of a shepherd. So go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Before we even get further into God being our shepherd, I just want to drive home this point to you. Deuteronomy chapter 8. God wants you to have an abundant supply. God does not want you to lack. God does not want you to be without. God doesn't want you to have a need. Why? He's your shepherd. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. Now, one of the things when you study the book of Deuteronomy, one of the things you understand, it's pretty much two sermons of Moses two of Moses' last sermons to the people of Israel. And so we're still on this first one here in chapter 8, verse 7. Now, this is the new generation on the edge of the promised land, that right after Moses passes, Joshua is going to lead them in one month later. 
So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land. Why? He's a good shepherd. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of of oil, olive, and honey. A land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. You shall not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. When you have eaten our full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you forget not the Lord your God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Lest when you have eaten in our full and has built goodly houses and dwelt therein, when your herds and your flocks have multiplied and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. Now how do all those things multiply? Keep reading. Then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought you forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that he might humble you, that he might prove you to do you good at your latter end. And you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto your fathers, as it is this day. What is the power to get wealth? We just read it. It is the blessing. And so we see that as God is leading his people like a shepherd, he's empowered them to prosper. He's poured out his blessing on them. And they're going to be able to do all these things and have all their goods multiply because they have a good shepherd and they are blessed. The thing is, you have a good shepherd, the same shepherd they had, and you are blessed. It even tells us in Galatians, we are blessed. We're faithful Abraham. You are the blessed of the Lord. Say, I am the blessed of the Lord. Come on, say it again. Say, I am the blessed. Of the Lord. Say it one more time. I am the blessed of the Lord. Now say it this way. Say, if God could prosper them, he can prosper me. Say, if God could prosper them, he can prosper me. Now I must say, Pastor, don't you know it's a pandemic? Don't you know about the economic uncertainty? Don't you know that I may not get a stimulus check? Don't you know all these different things? Don't you know my background, my mistakes, all this? Pause for a second. Moses, in his sermon recap, recapped the last 40 years. God brought you out of Egypt, delivered you from them, brought you through the Red Sea, brought you through all these other situations, all the serpents, all the scorpions, all the things that could take you down the wilderness, yet you're here. And then it was drought, there was no water. He made water come out of a rock. He made manna fall from heaven. He took care of you. He provided you. He's bringing you to this place where there is no lack. And you're going to be able to work and things will produce. Here's where everything's at. Why? He's a good shepherd. And so although they can't through some impossible situations, like you've been through some impossible situations in your life, and you've been through some impossible situations this year, God has brought you through. You're still here. He is your shepherd, and he has blessed you. So that means if I really believe the word of God, that I'm not going to approach life with a negative mentality, expecting things not to work. No, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, we're going to be people full of hope. And we said hope is having only positive expectations. It's having a good outlook on life. Not because we're so smart, we know all the right people, we work so hard. No, we're going to do our part, but we know God is our shepherd. 
He is good. His mercy endures forever. He has restoration on his mind for us, and he has blessed us. Come on, Marietta, say it. My good shepherd has blessed me. Come on, say it again. My good shepherd has blessed me. Come on, if you're online, there's a good time to type it in and say, my good shepherd has blessed me. Now, once again, I reiterate to you that if this is where God wants me to be, that means I need to follow him. But if I wander, I may not get what he has for me. Wandering will cause you to receive different results. And the thing is, we just admit we're people who are prone to wander. Now, there's a song that came out recently. It's a worship song by one of my new favorite worship groups I like listening to. And they said, and there's this line that says, I'm prone to wander, but you're prone to chase. So remember, even though we may wander, our good shepherd still comes and gets us and rescues us and gets us back on track. So you may be in Marietta today, or you may be watching online today thinking, man, you know what? I've wandered away, but it's not too late. God's plan for you hasn't changed. And today, you make the right decision to rededicate your life or come home to God. He'll take you right back to the place you're supposed to be, and you'll receive all the benefits he has for you. He's like, oh, he's going to make me pay for all the bad things I've done. Nope, that is not the gospel. That's not what the word of God says. You don't have to pay for the bad things you've done because Jesus paid for it. He said, well, I've destroyed my body with the decisions I made, what I've drunk, what I smoke, all the different things I've done. Nope, you don't have to pay for that either. Jesus paid for it, and he has healing for you today. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. And right before he said that, he says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Although there's a thief in the earth that is stealing, killing, and destroying, there is an answer to the theft. There is an answer to the killing. There's an answer to the destroying. It is the life your shepherd has brought to you. And if you follow him, you'll experience that life, and he'll lead you to the place of no lack. Now go back with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. He'll lead you. Say, he's leading me. Come on, say it again. Say, he's leading me. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Remember, David is using the example of God as our shepherd. Green pastures. It's where the sheep need to be. Yes, it's refreshing, but it has the nutrients and the food they need to not just survive, but thrive and flourish. And if they can lie down in green pastures, that means, yes, it's a place, but the shepherd is watching them so they can be at rest. And even further, he leads me beside the still waters. You know, one of the jobs of the shepherd is to lead. The word lead here means Yes, to lead, but also to give rest. To lead with care. To guide to a watering place or station. To cause to rest. To bring to a station or place of rest. To guide, to refresh. I'll go through them again. It means to lead. It means to give rest. It means to lead with care. It means to guide to a watering place or station. It means to cause to rest. It means to bring to a station or place of rest. It means to guide. It means to refresh. 
So because he's your shepherd, you shall not lack. He's leading you, giving you rest. He's leading you with care. He's bringing you to a station or a place of rest. He's guiding you. He's refreshing you. He's guiding you to the place that you need to be. And so if I'm going to prosper, if I'm going to be made rich without painful toil, if I'm going to operate under this blessing, if I'm going to experience this rest, if I'm going to experience this refreshing, then I need to follow my shepherd. And it just makes sense. I need to learn how he leads me. I need to learn how my shepherd wants to direct me. Because you know it's not up to the sheep to tell the shepherd, this is how I need you to lead me. How we know the shepherd knows better than the sheep. And the shepherd has researched and understood the sheep well enough to understand what is best for the sheep. Go with me to Psalm 95. Look at verse 7. Psalm 95, verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. And so we'll look at this again when we get back to this part. But notice, once again, God is a shepherd where the people and the sheep of his pasture. Today, if you'll hear his voice. And one of the implications here is that the first generation that he led out did not listen to his voice. And so we need to make sure we learn from their mistake and we listen to the voice of our shepherd. Go to John 10, 27. John 10, 27. We must listen to the voice of our shepherd. If we want to experience this rest, if we want to get to the place of no lack, if we want to get to a place that God has for us, we need to listen to his voice. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. So that means you need to stop saying, I can't hear God. God doesn't talk to me. God doesn't want to talk to me. Stop. No, he's talking to you all the time. You may not be listening or know how to hear his voice, or you think he has to speak one way. See, a lot of people miss God speaking because they look for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. They think if God's going to tell them he's going to make the heavens part, an angel come down and part the earth and make, you know, five rivers pop up to get your attention than to give you the message. That's not how, the, how God leads you. And we're going to get into a few ways today as we begin to close how God leads you because he's leading you to a place of rest. He's leading you to a place of refreshing. He's leading you to a place of having no lack. He's leading you with great care. And so we'll get to those places and experience those things if we listen. But if we don't listen, we won't experience what our shepherd has for us. And the more we don't listen, the more prone we are to wander. The more we don't listen, the more prone we are to wander say I know my shepherd's voice well, if you're watching online it's a good time to type in I know my shepherd's voice even if you're at home I want you to say I know my shepherd's voice come on Marietta say it with me say I know my shepherd's voice 
See, Jesus said you did. So I pick what he said. And so he says, I, he says my sheep know my voice. So I say, I know his voice. He said, well, I'm not sure I get confused sometimes. Here's how you get clear. I know his voice. You need to start saying what he said. So go to Psalm 119. What's the number one way God leads you? Psalm 119. 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The number one way God will lead you and guide you as your shepherd is through his word. God will lead you and guide you through his word, which means we should be people of the word. That's why I encourage you to read at least one chapter a day out loud. If you're going to be a person of the word, you need to be in the word every day. You need to read at least one chapter of the day out loud. So, well, Pastor, what happens if I miss today? That's simple. Don't miss two. Get back in it. Develop that habit. Get in the Word. Whether you're reading the physical Bible or whether you're on one of the Bible apps, get in the Word. Read one chapter aloud a day. God will lead you through His Word. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, which means you should keep it in your mouth. But you shall meditate, which means to think on. Think on again and again and again. It means to mutter. It means to roar. It means to say. So there's something you should think on and say day in and day out. There in the day and night that you may observe. That means guard to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So if you want to be prosperous, you want to have good success, you need to be a person in the book, which means you need to read it. You need to hear it. You need to read it. You need to speak it, and you need to do it. That's how you become a person in the book. You feed your spirit by reading the Word of God and hearing the Word of God taught and the Word of God preached and the Word of God read. So you should be in the Word of God every single day. Now you may say, well, I don't want to read every day because I don't understand it all. You won't understand everything, but you understand some things. But as you continue to grow and read and pray, you'll learn more. So you should read the Word every day. You know, we do have a Bible reading plan people can follow along with on the Faith Plus app. But if you're saying, well, I'm newer to this, I'm still trying to start, start with the New Testament. Start in the letters. Start with Ephesians. Read through Ephesians, a good place to start. Or start in the Gospels, read through John. That's another great place to start. Read the Word of God every single day. At least one chapter a day you'll grow. And the thing is, the more you read the word, the more you'll hear his voice and know how to be led by him. It says here, if you become this person in the book, you're hearing, imagining, doing the word. You'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. doesn't matter if it's a religious area or not. You'll, have, you'll prosper and have success because you've become a person of the book. Still talking about how God leads you. So number one is his word. Number two is your spirit. So number one is his word. Number two is your spirit. And I say it this way, your spirit, because you are a tripart being. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, the control center of your emotions, and you live in a physical body. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, the control center of your emotions, and you live in a physical body. So say it with me. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a physical body. The real you is a spirit made after the image and likeness of God. 
So let's go to Proverbs 20, verse 27. God will lead you through your spirit. We're talking about how our shepherd leads us. So if we can get to that place of rest, that place of no lack, the place that God has for us, we have to follow him and not wander. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So how does God lead us? The spirit. Our spirit is God's candle. Now, the thing is, we don't use candles to find dark places now. If we like candles, it's because it's decoration or whatever. We usually don't use candles now. You know, another generation said, well, flashlight. Well, a lot of us don't use flashlights anymore. You know what we use? Our phone. It's like, oh, man, I can't find a flashlight. Well, what's that light app on my phone? And you're able to look around and find different things. And so what happens? It's dark. You can't see around you. You don't know what's around you. But if you turn on that phone or you turn on that flashlight or you light the candle, you have light. And you see where you should go. So your spirit is God's candle. It's that light app on your phone. You know, it says this way in Psalm 1828, For you will light my candle, the Lord will enlighten my darkness. For you will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Once again, so God will light your candle. He will turn on the light app on the phone of your spirit. And you'll see what you should do. He's leading you through your spirit. Now go with me to Colossians 3.15. He's leading you through your spirit. We'll look at a few verses about this before we close. And we'll pick up next week. Colossians 3. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in the peaceful state, which as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. So the peace of God. Notice here is not even a specific voice. Nothing we've seen here has talked so far is about the voice yet. We'll get to that. The peace. What is the peace? You know, we've all experienced it to one level or another. That we are about to do something, and, you know, it's something, you know, hindsight is 20 Man, I shouldn't have done that. But you knew on the inside, you had this check, this feeling, for lack of a better word, or sensing, I shouldn't do that. And afterwards, you blew it up and did something wrong. It's like, man, something told me I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't a something, it was a someone. It's the Holy Spirit leading you, God leading you as your shepherd. But then also there's other times you're kind of nervous about doing things and not sure, interesting, well, is this what I do? And on the inside you had this peace. Yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. He's like, you know, you might have said it this way. You know, I feel real good about that. You know, that, you know, I feel good about it. I'm going to follow my gut on that. That's what some people say. What is that? Your spirit leading you, telling you what to do. You have to understand, as a believer, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of your spirit. And he's leading you through your spirit, the direction God, your shepherd, wants you to go in. And so he will lead you through your spirit. You know, 
Paul had this direction. You see in Acts 27.10 that Paul said, I perceive that this voyage ahead is going to be of great danger and of great loss, not only to the ship but to our lives. He didn't say God told me or I had a word or I saw an angel. Some things that we saw happen in Paul's life as you read through the book of Acts. What happened? On the inside of his heart, he sensed, yeah, this is not good. What's ahead of us is not good. Go to Romans 8.16. Let's look at it another way. Romans 8.16. One of the most important things you can do in these days is to be, learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. One of the most important things you can do these days is learn how to follow the voice of your shepherd. Romans 8.16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So what is one of the things the Holy Spirit does? He gives evidence, that's what the word bearing witness means, to our spirit. So he's dealing with our spirit to lead us in the right way. So your shepherd is leading you by your spirit through the word of God and through your spirit. The top two ways he leads you, the word and your spirit. Another way we say is the inward witness. It's the inward witness, that inward knowing. There are times when you just know, this is what I'm supposed to do. It wasn't a, even a big illumination. It was just all of a sudden, you knew that you knew. You knew what you're supposed to do. You knew that you knew that you knew. You know that you know that you know. This is what I need to do. You had it on the inside. And sometimes it's even hard to describe it to other people. Say, well, why are you doing this? I just know that's what I'm supposed to do. What he did on the inside, you had this knowing. You had this peace. You had this intuition. You had this leading from God. And when we look back over life, how many times have we missed opportunities because we ignored what we had on the inside? We've ignored the peace. We've ignored, we've ignored the leading. We ignored the direction God gave us on the inside. You know, sometimes we don't even pause to listen to it because we're so busy. And even though in 2020 so many things slowed down, we found new ways to be busy, new ways to fulfill our time. But I encourage you to check with your spirit before you make decisions. You know, at the beginning of the sheltering in place and the different changes we had to make in our life, you know, we started ordering things out and doing different things, ordering food and all those places, and we stopped places. You know, I made it my habit to check in with the Spirit. I'll ask, I'll ask God, it's like, you know, should I stop here and eat here? Is it okay for me to stop here and eat here? And I'm checking, and I'm following peace. If I have peace, okay, cool. I'll order from there. If not, I'll go somewhere else. I'm checking, can I eat there? Is that okay? What I'm doing, I'm checking with my spirit to see if that was safe. Now, I usually didn't do that for restaurants before. Now, I would do that before booking a flight. I would do that before I went to certain movie theaters. But usually not with food. So I took it to another level at this time, asking, is it okay here? And I'm just checking and listening on the inside. And when I was talking to my wife about it, she says, hopefully, we as a people— keep on doing that even after the pandemic and everything associated with it is over. Why? It's a good habit to be in, to check in with the Spirit of God. Am I heading in the right direction? Can I do this? Why? He's your shepherd. The more you check in, the more you read the Word, the more you obey the Word, the more you fellowship with God, the more you pray and listen, the more you'll follow His direction, and you'll have least amount of times you actually wander. Remember, if we're going to get to the place he wants us to be, the place of no lack, the place of rest and refreshing, the place he has for us, we have to follow our shepherd and not wander. Let's go to Hebrews 3 and we'll close here. Hebrews 3. Hebrews chapter 3. We'll pick up more next time. Hebrews chapter 3. 
quoting what we saw in Psalms earlier. And once again, we said it's talking about the first generation in the wilderness. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation that they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And so what happened? They chose not to believe God. They didn't listen to his voice, and they began to wander. They wandered away. And because they wandered, they did not enter into the rest God had for them. They chose not to believe God. They said, let us make us another captain and go to Egypt. You know, they questioned the motives of God. They questioned the goodness of God. You know, when God was talking to Moses about this afterwards, he said, how long will these people provoke me? When you look up that word provoke in Hebrew, it means hate. So God is asking Moses, how long will these people hate me? Because I've done all these good things for them. I'm trying to lead them as a shepherd. And they don't want to listen. They keep saying they're going to die in the wilderness. And God basically tells them, fine, you can have it your way. You can die in the wilderness, but I'm going to bring your children. I'm going to lead them in to the promised land. And so they received the benefit as God as their shepherd because they followed him. And so if you want to experience rest, you need to follow the spirit. Even if you're working hard, you can still have rest. Even if you're working to prosper and build and provide for your family, you can still have rest. Which means if we check in with the Spirit of God more, we'll find opportunities to rest. You must say, no, pastor, you know, and I I relate to this. He's like, look, I can't rest. I got so much to do. I don't know how to rest. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. I get you. I can relate to that more than I have time to talk to you about today. But guess what? If we check in, hey, sir, should I do this? How should I rest? How should I manage my time? You know, even personally, the Lord's been showing me how to rest better. You know, I'm a person that I will work, I will work hard, and I'll keep going for hours upon hours upon hours and be at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., still working hard doing stuff. But I know for the health of my body and the health of my family and the health of what God has called me to do, I have to learn to rest. And so one of the things I've taken opportunity, especially recently this year, is checking in how to rest and when to rest and taking those opportunities to rest. And so many of you that although you're not doing what you would have done about this time last year, we found different ways to keep ourselves busy and keep ourselves going. And doing a lot is not wrong, and we are to work hard. The Bible tells us that God will bless the work of our hands, and we should put all of our effort into it. But just like we should work hard, we should also rest hard. We should also rest well. Work hard and rest well. And the way we're going to do that and have that balanced life is following the direction of the Spirit of God and checking in. You should ask him, especially of you who are always moving at 100 miles an hour. I dare you to ask him today, sir, how can I rest well? How can I rest better? How can I manage my time so I have more time for recreation and rest? You might say, pastor, I got a whole bunch of kids. I got this. I I get you. I get you. Trust me, I get you. But check in with the Spirit of God. And ask him. Because remember, your shepherd is leading you to a place of rest. A place where you can lie down and enjoy what he has for you. A place of no lack. He's leading you, as we'll see later, to a place of restoration. And if you want to have that, you have to follow the direction of your shepherd. Because if you wander off, you miss the rest. You miss the prosperity without painful toil. And you'll have what the rest of the world has. But if you follow the leading of your shepherd, 
you'll experience all the good things God has for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. That you are a shepherd. I thank you that you lead us. I thank you that you guide us. I thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Now help us not just be hearers of this word, but be doers of this word so we be blessed in our doing. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.